Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Forbes 30 Under 30 and founder of Rosen Skincare, Jamika Martin is truly a trailblazer in the beauty industry with a mission to revolutionize the acne treatment industry. Stay tuned for this one. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, so I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious to know how to build brands, this podcast is going to be perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Jamika Martin. She is the founder of Rosen Skincare, a clean beauty brand for people with acne-prone skin. After years of dealing with her own skin journey and seeing a lackluster selection in the market, Jamika began formulating products while also studying business economics at UCLA. Since launching, Jamika has grown Rosen Skincare to the renowned brand it is and with incredible retailers like Urban Outfitters and Target. Jamika is passionate about building thoughtful and meaningful brands, but also while finding a balance and taking time for yourself. So let's just get straight into this because it's sure it's going to be a story that's going to inspire many. Thank you so much for being here, Jamika. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to, to chat with you today. Amazing. So, I mean, the question I ask all my guests, and it's going to be a bit of a tough one, but in a nutshell, in a few sentences, who is Jamika? Oh, yeah, that is hard. Um, I think... I mean, I'm obviously a founder. I think that's obviously a big part of my identity, um, an, an entrepreneur and a founder. Um, I'm somebody, I'm very laid back. Um, I'm very kind of just like casual um, and, and scrappy and figuring things out. I'm, I'm not as well put together, I feel, as, as so many other founders who kind of like go into it thinking about everything. Um, very determined uh, and... Um, yeah, always, always down to, to try new things and experience new things and just connect with new people. I would say, I guess those are kind of the, the defining parts of who I am. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think also it's so refreshing to see in an industry that's quite stale and 
lot of the same old, same old. I really feel that we need more Jamaicas in there. So I'm really glad <laughs> continue you. doing what you're doing. Um, <laughs> but before we get into the incredible brand and the products, uh, I do want to kind of start at the, the sort of the beginning of the brand, I guess, which is your own personal struggle with acne growing up. And I know I think it was in sixth grade that um, it did really have a big impact on yourself. So can you talk us a bit about that and that journey? Yeah. Um, yeah. I started breaking out exactly in sixth grade. Um, very severe breakout super early on. And um, I think, you know, like most people who deal with uh, kind of severe acne at a young age, it feels like you're kind of the only one dealing with it and nobody else is. And so definitely felt like that a lot. Um, and really just went through kind of my entire middle school and high school trying to figure out what was going to work for my skin. Did like a ton of esthetician visits where I would do like laser therapy or chemical peels, like all these different things. Um, went to the dermatologist a lot, got kind of like the, the standard, you know, prescription of like antibiotics or uh, birth control, you know, retinoids, all these different things. Um, and really nothing ended up working for my skin. And um, I ended up doing Accutane twice. So I did it at the end of my high school. Um, super clear skin was great. And then like six to nine months later, I started breaking out again. My first year in college, I went back on Accutane. Um, and I actually remember this is like a super specific story, but like I ended up signing up for a double blind study. So they're like, we're going to give you this, um, it was like an antibiotic or something with the um, Accutane because they're trying to study to see if like it helps with Accutane. Didn't know if I got a water pill or, you know, or um, something actual. But I remember part of the study was counting the bumps on my face. I dealt with a lot of texture and small bumps. And um, man, I think that first appointment, it was like a hundred bumps on my face between like larger bumps and just like so much texture over my entire face. And I just remember being so embarrassed. And, but I was like, you know what? Well, I'm starting Accutane again. So like, I'm already on track to, you know, get it under control, I guess. Um, and ended up doing it. Great, clear skin, super, super smooth. And then again, that kind of like six to nine months, I started breaking out again, um, thinking about a third round of Accutane, which um, I didn't want to do. The side effects from Accutane are so horrible. And it was just trying to figure out what that looked like. And ultimately, you know, that kind of was like the inspiration for starting Rosin. So just like a very lengthy journey with acne as a consumer and understanding the market um, has informed so much of like how I think about acne products and like the entire space that we're like occupying. Definitely wasn't easy, I'm sure, to you know, go from your own personal story to then creating a brand because that's like there's a whole section in the middle that people don't un, you know underestimate how much work it goes. <laughs> yeah. But also, you were studying at UCLA, so what was that kind of journey like? Yeah, so I when I started playing around with Rosen, I was in my second year, and I remember um, I, I didn't realize this until the end because I would like I had a journal and then I looked back right before I was going to graduate. And it was kind of like at the beginning, I was like, I don't know how much time I'll have for this. Like, you know, I have school and, you know, all this stuff. And then I remember at the end, right before I graduated, I'm like, oh, I don't even want to study. Like, I'm literally only spending time on Rosen right now. Um, and so it was a it was an interesting balance. But I will say I had like no customers in college. So it wasn't like this overwhelming thing that was going on. It was a lot of like trying to understand the brand, um, the products, the packaging, like making products and making samples 
um, was a lot and a lot of work. And I would like it to, had like no filling machine or anything. So it would take like hours to make like 50 products or something. Um, and so that was like the most of it and like being on our website and all that stuff. But a lot of the growth of the brand came after I graduated. So I think that made it super accessible. Um, and I think fortunately, I um, did a major that was pretty common at UCLA for like you could graduate in three years if you kind of like stacked it right. And so I ended up my last year um, was my third year. I think it was like partway through. It was like the, we have quarters. So it was like the winter quarter um, before spring, the end. I was like, oh, if I drop this minor, I think I could finish this year. And so I just did. And it kind of timed up with like me getting super into Rosen. And so it just like worked out really nicely to where it all was like, okay, I'm just going to do this um, and, and kind of go full force here. Oh, amazing. And I mean, did you always know from day one what your target audience would be? Um, I think you guys, is it a mix between like millennials and like Gen Z? Like what's your target? Who is your target? And how did you know about that? Yeah, um, our, our positioning within the market has definitely changed. Um, okay. Always been very acne focused, obviously, because that's like where the journey came from. Um, but earlier on, obviously a lot more millennials. I don't remember really talking about Gen Z, um, when I was in college or anything like that. So it wasn't something I was so familiar with. Um, and so it was a lot of like millennials. We were like a little more like indie focused. I was super inspired by like herbivore, um, and brands like that, that were very clean, very minimal, very like urban outfitters, Nordstrom. And then as we continue to grow, we continue to figure out like, okay, what, where do we fit within this space? Um, I started just like really going back to that journey of going into the mass acne aisle. And like, that's what I want to innovate. And that's where I think the most opportunity is and like this clear positioning of the acne space. And so then like very, you know, honestly, a lot of it happened last year, but like, okay, mass Gen Z, you know, that means we change our packaging. That means we kind of like tweak a little bit how we're talking to people and how we're talking about the brand. And so that kind of tweaked um, over the years because we definitely started off a little bit more like indie apothecary type of vibe. Um, still always with like mass prices or mass siege is kind of, I guess, where we land. Um, but now we occupy that kind of like target kind of customer and like space a lot more. And did you know speaking of target like also the retailer side like which is again target is one of them did you also have a dream like retail direction or did that come how did that come around yeah so I pretty early on um the way I started Rosen was very farmer's market very like small batch like this kind of vibe obviously but I knew that I wanted to create a larger brand um it's funny because looking back now I'm like oh my if somebody came to me with a brand like this, I'd be like, you are not like, you know, there's not a strong point of differentiation. You're probably like, there's just all these things all over the place. But somehow I look back and like, I always knew that I wanted to build a brand that would scale. I wanted to eventually sell it. Um, and it just took like fine tuning and tweaking over the years to really hone in on that. Um, but so early on, I did an accelerator right when I finished undergrad, um, the startup like UCLA accelerator. So it was through um, UCLA. And so that kind of talks about differentiation, scale, what's going on there. Finishing that accelerator, I remember, I think it was like September of 2017, so right after I'd graduated. Um, I was like Nordstrom, Urban Outfitters, Sephora was on my list. Again, kind of like these like higher end type of like um, more like indie feeling retailers. That was the path I wanted to go. Urban was the first retailer we launched in. Um, and then obviously, you know, 
things kind of change from there as far as the path and the trajectory of like where we would eventually launch and go to market. Um, but it was always on the plan. It just kind of like tweaked as we understood our customer and like our positioning in the market a little bit more. No, that, that, I mean, that's a, it's a wise way to do it as well, because I think you have to also let the brand dictate those paths as much as it's ourselves. We need to know mm-hmm. from the customers that we don't realize until you launch that who your customers could be and where could they be and what do they, you know, where do they want to find the product? So I think that's very important that you've done that and, and do it step by step. But, um, you know, a lot of young beauty brand or just general like brand founders, entrepreneurs, um, like ourselves, um, you know, they would probably come to people like like you and say, how did you go down the accelerator route? And how did you go down the funding route? Because I have this idea. Now, mm-hmm. how do you get it to market? So is there any advice and even some tangible advice you would give young entrepreneurs listening to go from idea to, you know, to reality? Yeah. Um, I mean, on the accelerator front, I definitely think they can be helpful if you are um, I mean, it depends. There's so many different accelerators. The ones that I did um, were very focused on like, okay, like building a, a company or an early stage company, obviously not like this fully fleshed out thing, but this idea of like differentiation and like, why do you like, I just felt like, and the Startup UCLA Accelerator um, was very kind of like mostly tech um, or, you know, like um, hardware. There's people like making braces and stuff like that. I was like, a cosmetics company. And so it was like, yeah, I just have to make face masks. I feel like people are making such innovative stuff. And so, um, but it was helpful because I think that um, a lot of the mentors and a lot of the people like weren't necessarily in that space. And so there's a lot of challenge of like, really like there's nothing like this. Like there's really no skin because skincare is a crowded category. So that was very helpful. I think to really challenge me to understand what is the brand I'm building? How's it different? How's it better? Why do people shop us? Um, and ultimately just the bones of like building a, a startup, essentially. I think that's very helpful. Um, I think, you know, and I think that's crucial to kind of like figure out who you are and get your footing. Um, funding for us, we have been profitable, you know, for pretty much the, the entire time that we ran. Uh, I did production in-house. And so that allowed me to kind of stay super lean with the size of the batches we made and things like that and really only spend what we had. Um, I'm raising money now. And so, you know, that journey will probably change as we scale and things like that. But um, it definitely depends. I think that I'm glad that I w- waited to raise money because I think it's very yeah. easy to spend a lot of money. And early on, who knows what I would have spent that money on. Um, and so I'm glad that I waited. But there's a different path for everybody, you know, especially depending on like your savvy as an entrepreneur. Um, I know some founders who are just like incredibly well put together. And I'm like, man, of course, you know, you knew exactly what to do with that million dollars. And I'm just like in awe of that because I was not there, you know? Um, but I mean, you know, tangibly to scale and get customers, obviously it's not, um, it's not as formulaic as you wish. Um, I would remember asking people over and over and over and it's kind of all the same stuff. Um, and of course, if it was super formulaic, then, you know, everybody would have just like, you know, these huge businesses. Um, for us, it was Instagram and Instagram influencers. Um, would I rely on that today? I don't know. I think, you know, TikTok's kind of the place to be. Reels, maybe, if you're going to do Instagram. Um, social has changed a lot. Facebook ads have changed a lot. They're not as reliable as they used to be. And so yeah. there's a lot of testing going on now. But my biggest thing is kind of like test one thing really hard and really well 
before you go out to do all these other things, um, I think it's very easy to get distracted, especially in marketing as an entrepreneur. And then it's like not clear where these customers came from. We we're kind of just like decent at all these different channels and just like focus in on one and really just try to replicate that over and over until the, you know, until it runs out and you can't get customers from it and you have to pivot or it doesn't work and you know for sure it didn't work because you really tested it and you go to the next kind of like method. No, I think mean, it's such good advice and especially kind of tethering to your point of, um, you know, it's good to not get investment so early on or have a lot of money early on because you don't want to spend it all at once. You don't know what you're doing. Same, you know, use that advantage and testing something because you don't have the, the, the ability or the luxury to do everything all at once. You can only mm-hmm. try one or two things. So in a way, it's been good for you because at the beginning, you can test what really works for Rosen with those initial limited funds that you would have. And then over time, um, seek for more investment and have more of an understanding of what you need to use it for. And also the other benefit, as you know, is you don't get diluted so early on. You've got some credibility, you've got some industry results and, and distribution that can then allow you to, to get either more money or uh, less dilution. So that's very important. Uh, but I think one thing I also would love to know as, as a founder and as a founder to founder is the team, right? Like how much of it is you? How much is it is your team? What is your team like? And just talk us through that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like quickly on your previous point of like yeah. testing with marketing um, and like having a limited budget and like you can't do everything at once, right? I think it also has helped me, um, you know, for better or for worse, we'll see as we continue to scale, but like be very tied to an ROI. Um, there's a lot of brands who raise a lot of money or they're just like, you know, obviously you think of like even the massive brands like Neutrogena, um, who kind of have a lot of different touch points with customers. And it's like, I'll ask about a certain marketing channel or, you know, like maybe in real life marketing, like billboards, or maybe it's, you know, Facebook ads driving here, or all these different things that you can do to market to people. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, like it's brand awareness. Like it, it, you know, we, it's kind of like all bundles into like, what is the call? Like how much are we spending on marketing? And then how much are we making? And like, that's your kind of cost. Whereas like, I've been able to be very specific per channel of like, I know if this is working or not. So it's like, not like I'm spending all this money here when really this one channel just has a super high ROI. So it's making up for the rest of it, you know? So I think it allows you like a lot more, um, precision on your ROI and like, you know, more bang for your buck. And of course it might change as we scale. Um, but that's one thing, you know, as you said that, it made me think of that as far as our team. Yeah. So right now I have five folks, um, and that's kind of been the size of my team for, yeah, about a year early on. I hired my first, um, kind of employee part-time just like, you know, pack orders for like a couple hours a day. And then she eventually scaled most of my early hires, pretty much all my early hires, except for the most recent one. Um, I scaled with them, you know, again, this idea of like staying profitable and like not make jumping into any big investments. Um, my last hire was the first hire that I full-time, like you're full-time off the bat, like from zero to full-time, everybody else was like, I have this much work for you. Okay. Now I can, you know, bring you up to this much. And so it was kind of a slow scale there. Um, first hires were, yeah, in that side of kind of like operations. So packing orders, um, up until August of last year, we did all of our production and orders in house. And so that was a lot of like building that, um, and then we outsourced it. So the team's a lot leaner there and then customer service. Those were kind of like early hires. A lot of what I think of still to this day, mostly kind of like getting up to this point, a lot of my hires have been, um, 
what are ideally I want to be in a place where my company sustains itself on its own and I'm here to grow and to build the brand and to like make it what it is right and so thinking about customer service packing orders inventory like posting on social like all those things where it's like we're just keeping up with like what's going on now we're just like staying afloat I tried to like as I could afford it remove myself from those tasks so that like my mind was consistently on like growth partnerships where's the brand go like what's our vision like all these higher level kind of things and of course you have to come in and like remove the blockers for people in like all these different areas all the time anyway so that's really what my team has looked like um I have three people in operations one's on kind of like inventory sourcing like buying all of our you know working with our manufacturer um one's on kind of like the retailer front so like making sure the POs get there on time all that stuff because that's kind of like its own beast obviously um I've kind of like a miscellaneous ops person who will just like you know, need to relabel stuff or like quick fixes that we do in our own warehouse, somebody who does marketing and then customer service is the team right now. Um, as we scale, I am looking into people who are uh, just a lot smarter than me. Like, as I said, like I've kind of built this team where it's like, I still hop in and like, Oh, inventory, like any issue that anybody on my team has, I'm working with them to fix it. And like, I'm offering the solution or I'm working through it. Um, so my next goal is, especially obviously now that I'm raising and I have more capital, is experts, people who like, you know, I'm not the greatest at marketing or, or inventory management or like finances, all these things where I'm like, I'm making the decisions here, but I probably shouldn't be for that much longer. So that's kind of like my next hires is like these people who just like know it in and out, knows that space really well so that I can focus on what I know best, which is like building the brand and growth and all that stuff. That's so wise. And I think it's the importance of delegation is so important, especially if you can afford it and you can have the right people and team. So I think it's about finding that right time to invest. I say invest very as a, as a key word into those hires because um, it will really truly show an ROI. But again, it can be difficult because you can also get people from incredible brands and that when you, they're not really, um, you know, maybe they've been trained in a different way that you want to be trained in your company because you've got a different ethos and a different way of working. So there is a sense of, um, like, I guess, test and learning and also seeing the vibe. So how would you say is your kind of way of hiring people? Are you a vibe person? Are you a credential person? Like, what's your process like? Yeah, um, no. And I think I, I'm especially thinking of this as I think of like these experts to hire because I think I am very much like, um, I know I have a lot of touch points with obviously the people on my team right now. I also know because I'm the main person they come to, I prefer them to be like a little bit more autonomous, um, which is also like, I'll probably hire somebody to help manage my team because I know not everybody wants to just like <laughs> be like a, basically a contractor at a company and they want like support and like check-ins and all that stuff. And I do check-ins, but it's not my strong suit. So, um, but all that to say, I think a lot of the hires I've had now is like, one, I, I realized, um, like, I definitely want them to love the company. Um, I've had, like, contractors or certain people, like, very, like, lightly or, you know, come in. And uh, I don't know why, but I, like, I, not that I take it personal, but, like, if they, I feel like they're not, like, in love with Rose. And I'm, like, it makes me sad. And it kind of, so I'm, like, okay, now I know everybody who I hire room for, like, you have to be so into this company. Like, yeah, or some people work for Facebook or whatever, and they don't care about the company at all, but, like, that's not what I want. I want you guys to really care about what we're building. And so that's very important if they're going to be able to kind of like, you know, be a self-starter, things like that is important. But yeah, definitely. I'm not super credential 
based, which is why I say I'll probably need help hiring with these experts because I am very much like a lot, like, mm, I think two, two of my hires went to college at all. I think, um, I might be misspeaking there all that to say, like, obviously it's not something I'm like checking for or like even know that yeah, much exactly. about. And that. so, yeah. And so, um, very much like, do you understand what's going on? Um, do I feel like you align? And I, and I'm, I'm willing a lot of people, like I've trained a lot, like we've learned a lot together. And so it's very much like, you know, how do we work together? How do you understand the company and how willing are you to learn? And like how, you know, like self-starter are you? But as I think about, you know, some of these experts and some of these folks that are coming on, um, I'll probably need to do like a little bit more due diligence of like, you know, how much experience you have in like operations. Um, what have you managed? Because I am looking to them for guidance in these areas where a lot of the other people I'm like, looking to train them and for them to take over some tasks. And so it'll be a little bit different. Um, but ultimately I just really, I think the most important thing is just like really caring about the company and really caring about our success and really like owning whatever area of the business you work on of like, uh, you know, if this is not working well, then it's like, okay, how do you own that? And how do you own that area? And how do I trust that you are trying to make that better? Um, as opposed to like, oh, I don't know, just not working and like, you know, kind of coming to me for it. I think that's the biggest thing of like, you know, how much ownership and responsibility are you taking and how willing are you to, to try to figure it out? Cause that's, that's ultimately like the, the biggest thing I can ask for, for somebody that's like within the company. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think a key word is like passion, right? Like the passion to the company, their job, and into you as well. Because I think people have to remember that the founder, uh, you know, the CEO, whatever, the co-founders, whatever they are in the company, people also need to feel passionate about you as an individual. Because in the day, yes, they will report into you, and yes, they, they will, you know, it's again, it's your company. But uh, I always feel like your team has to be your friends. You know, if I, I, I kind of feel you have to feel close and trust them enough that you hope that they are treating the company as if it's their baby too. So the passion into the company, the products, but also you as, as Jamaica, I think. 
Um, I, I cannot imagine anyone who wouldn't be passionate working with you and under you. So, I mean, uh, uh, I think you. that's a great, great thing you have going there. But also to give credit, you know, you say a lot of the time, like, you know, you're still learning, you might not, but you do know a lot of stuff and you wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't. And, you know, you landed the Forbes 30 and the 30. So what was that like? Uh, pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that that was definitely cool. I mean, thank you. I appreciate it. I think um, continuing to try to get better and learn and improve. And, and there are certain instances where, you know, maybe it's a contractor or an agency or something that we work with. Um, whether it's me or the team, we have a, you know, sense of like, um, you know, I think we understand what we do well and we understand where we need help. But sometimes we, I think, discredit ourselves a little bit. And to your point of like, oh, yeah, like we, we actually know what we're doing because, you know, we did it way better than these people, you know, or whatever's going on. And so um, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's definitely a learning curve and we're, we're just continuing to figure it out. Um, Forbes was was wild they um messaged me on linkedin and i'm never on linkedin i'm like literally hardly ever on there and for whatever reason i mean i think i was i was definitely not right on top of the message i was a little late um but i was on and i saw it and i was like what is this real and i was like i don't know if it is and i was like yeah whatever i had her email me and it was from forbes like you know the the email address and i was like what and then um yeah, man, they filled out, I filled out this thing, um, this, you know, like questionnaire. I think we talked and I told her, you know, what I'm doing about the brand and all that stuff. Filled out the questionnaire and all this stuff. She's like, cool, we'll let you know. And then um, I don't remember if it was the day of or maybe it was like a day before. I was like, oh, you like, I got it. Like I'm in. And I was like, this is so weird. And um, because you just like fill out all the information and then they're like, okay, we'll let you know. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then I got it. And it was just, um, yeah, incredibly surreal. Such a weird thing to be in. Like it's, you know, Forbes 330 is um, like this huge thing. And I always, I always aspired to it. I had no idea. I never, you know, I didn't know I was going to start a company until later in college, but I always um, was interested in business. Obviously that was my major. I was interested in the space and, and what was kind of going on there. And I was like, man, that would be so cool. Like I just always, I don't know, I guess I wanted to be a boss of some sort, but I never thought of it like making my own company. Um, I was just like, you know, work my, work my ladder to CEO, which now I know is like, that is not a thing that happens. But, um, you know, in like college, I thought that was going to be like my, my case. Um, and yeah, to be on there and to see it and like have the magazine. I mean, my name, like in the magazine is like this little line, but I'm like, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's fun. Um, it's, it's a cool thing to have. Um, super weird it's just weird because you see all the people who are in it and you're like wow these people are like well legit, they're, they're, you know? they're saying and... the same about you so you know <laughs> but I, I completely I mean yeah I was uh two uh, three years I can't remember now but when I got it it's the same story of like um you fill out the form and people need to whoever was listening and wanting to get on it it's like you fill out a form and then I, I think maybe same with you. I just found out on the day. Like then I, I just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, no one told me. Like I'm on. The-. Actually, my story was really funny because I applied, whatever, and then filled out the form when I got shortlisted, and then didn't hear anything for like a couple of months, and then I saw on my like I think it was on I don't know there was like a someone posted a Forbes post on Instagram. And I was like, ah. Oh, the list went out okay I didn't make it because I didn't get told and I just said let me just go into like media and marketing and then I went on it and I went to who's in it and I saw my name I was like but I'm in it no one told me (laughs) and then like an hour later Forbes sent that email so I remember I was like wait what but I was in France, so it's not as big of a deal there. So I remember going to the office and I was like, I'm Forbes, and I was like, Sequasa, like, what is that? And I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> no one really cares <laughs> but uh it meant something to us and very cool very, it yeah. is a very um it's one of those things that it does uh it makes you proud so um, very well done but uh i think you know from forbes to building the brand it's important to also and i think you say that very clearly in your mission where it's about taking that time to find balance um between the work and pleasure and personal life so how do you really separate that line that can be really blurred as a founder of a brand that you you love? You know, it's your baby. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think obviously the biggest thing that allows me to do that is my team. I think if I handled everything myself, it would just be absolutely nuts. And I think that is like a huge part of like the privilege of being able to balance. And, and I think just very I'm like very passionate about the idea of like, you know, you build this company and you're building it. It's your company. So why would you build this like super stressful or like, you know, obviously the building a company is going to be stressful. Growth is yeah. stressful. Money is stressful. There's so many things that's like, it's already going to be stressful that you're signing up for it. And so the thought of like taking on so much stuff or like not taking time off and like building this like horrible environment for yourself um, just feels so counterintuitive to me. And so like, I think, we have the privilege to grow these companies and grow these companies that like, you know, have the privilege of hiring people and things like that. And so it's like, even for me figuring out, like, as I hire more people, like I'm like looking at, you know, like what do CEOs do? Uh, like what? And then it's like, well, I can kind of like create my own path. Like I can, I know what I, I know what I do well at Rosen. I know where I thrive and like what value I bring. And so like, let's just build this company around that, around like, obviously like, you know, like building the team around like where I succeed and what I do well. Um, instead of like, you know, traditional CEO, like, you know, does all these meetings all day. I'm like, that's all they do. And it's like, well, that's not, I'm not that good at that. You know, I'm not that good at like managing the team and stuff like that. And so I think, um, just creating, um, yeah, this company and this life, you know, obviously, and that's kind of like holistically, you know, thinking about like how I try to lead my life of, um, really just making sure to do the stuff you want to do. And um, I think I'm very fortunate to have done a lot of stuff that I want to do. I've, you know, I've kind of like worked on my own pace for better or for worse, because, you know, when it, when it doesn't go how I expect it's a lot harder for me to deal with. Um, But I think that because, you know, so many things have worked and I've, you know, not on the first try, obviously I pivot and I figure it out and eventually it figures itself out. Um, But because I've been able to solve problems of like, what I don't like and, and making it into something I do like. I'm, I'm very, you know, passionate about the idea of, of building a company that does the same and ideally doing the same for my employees too. Um, thinking about what's stressful for them and what do they like and continuing to tell them like, you know, what makes sense for you? What, what do you enjoy in your role? What do you not enjoy? Like what makes sense yeah. off board? Also like even um, I had somebody who's managing all of our influencers earlier this year, earlier this year, um, I would just continue to have conversations with you guys. Like, listen, I know this company is very different than when you came on. Some of you guys came on when it was like, you know, just like this tiny thing. Some of you guys came on when we were scaling, but where we are and where we're headed might be very different than what you signed up for. Um, and I had that conversation with, um, one of my team members who manage our influencers, like this might be very different than what you signed up for. And like, I, I want to work with you and I want to figure out what this role looks like, but I also want to like I want you to be happy with your life. Like, I don't want this to be a stressor for you. And he ultimately ended up like, I don't know. I don't know if this makes sense for me. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm so happy for you. Like, I'm so happy that that's the decision you made because I don't know. I just like, don't want it to be a stressful thing. I think I have the privilege of like building the company and like building what I want to do every day. And, you know, ultimately, obviously there's roles that need to be filled at Rosen. Um, 
but just making sure that people feel like fulfilled and happy with their work because, um, yeah, I don't know. There's like a million things about like the, the American work like, week and, and the, all that stuff that I need no, to do, but, but yeah. It, it's so important. It sounds like you're just a very conscious entrepreneur, someone who's very and sustainable in that sense of not pro- not necessarily about just product and stuff, but about how you build the team. You know, you want to create a an environment that's conducive to success and happiness for everyone. And I think that's truly shown by even at our, you know, I, I actually will take that note and take it because I haven't done that really with my team and sit down with them and say, hey, you know, it's a bit different, even at a, at a small company, as it grows so quickly, even every quarter, mm-hmm. you might need to even sit down and say, look, like this is very different to last quarter. Like, are you working too much? Like, is the salary, you know, if reflective of that? Are you, ref- are you, ha- is your happiness reflective? Of this? Is this a career path you wanted? So I think any kind of founders or entrepreneurs listening in any vertical or any industry is take that time to listen, to communicate with your team and with yourself, because we don't often give that luxury to um, you know, to do this. So it's so important. And I think that's what can lead to a better company overall. So really, uh, I don't know if you realize, but that's such powerful words. Like, uh, <laughs> Thank so, you. No, really, really. Um, and then just tangibly a little bit off the kind of holistic approach of how you treat the company and yourself. What is like your, I guess you could say like daily routine or ways like you actually like, what, like, you know, do you go to the gym every morning? Like, what's your routine like that keeps you motivated? Yeah, um, I think for me, yeah, I, I try to go to the gym fairly regularly. Um, I usually go in the evenings. Um, I'm very, you know, kind of strict about like no work on the weekends unless I'm like super inspired by something. Um, and usually that's like, me, I don't know, maybe marketing or the site or things like that. I might get super inspired by. Um, but if I'm not inspired, I, I try, you know, not to work on the weekends. And most of my team doesn't either. Um I, um, I definitely work to, you know, batch tasks, like similar kind of theme tasks. Cause that makes the most sense for me. Um, bouncing back and forth between a lot of things is, is really hard. Um, and then, yeah, but yeah, I think evenings and weekends are very important to me. Also like at Rosen, we are full time is like a 32 hour work week, um, instead of 40. And so, um, that's very helpful for me too, just in terms of like the length of the days or, you know, maybe it's like eight hour days and then take one day off, but figuring out what that balance looks like throughout the week and being flexible. I love, I like routines and I like that, but sometimes I can feel a little like stifled in like the inability to have like freedom or flexibility within like my day or my week. And so I just love the ability to kind of like figure out like, Hmm, maybe I'll work, you know, whatever, nine to five today, or maybe I'll work like my boyfriend works evenings. And so maybe I'll work like in the evening, you know, this week and, you know, just like having that flexibility really helps me a lot. Um, and yeah, I think those are the biggest things like having some sort of like having set times that are very specific to like, I'm not working, you know, or, or set like amounts of time to where I'm like, there's not work happening, like at least, you know, however many hours a week. Um, and then having the flexibility to kind of like float around and, and do tasks at different times and things like that allows me to feel more balanced, I think. I think mean, those healthy boundaries are, are so important to, again, a sustainable business because we can't keep it up for a long time, especially post-pandemic or if there is a post-pandemic. Well, you know, <laughs> when we start living our lives a bit more and traveling, those healthy boundaries are, are important. But I do love the idea of batch working. I think I'm going to try that, like uh, segment my group so I can like, focus within a side of my brain, right? Like if it's something creative or it's something analytical or finance to all my finance topics on a Thursday. Like, I think that's, I like that idea. 
I don't do that. Yeah, it works really well for me because then I can just stay more focused um, and, and just, I'm like a very firm believer. I've read on it um, a lot and I also personally suck at it. So maybe that's why I believe it so much. But like <laughs> multitasking is like not real. You're just bouncing back and forth very fast, but it's very hard to do multiple things at once. Like the more often you bounce back and forth, the less productive you are. And so yeah. I just try to like stay in a similar theme and it helps me out a lot. Um, for me, I know my brain is very like focused. So a lot of people can no, do I more think, things. I like think that. that's, uh, I think many people are like that. They just want to say I'm a multitasker, but what does that even mean half the time? <laughs> so, um, no, it's very important. Um, before we get to fire round questions, I do ask a question to all our guests and it's kind of like a relevant one today. So like travel's opening up and TSA is being a little bit stricter than usual. So they're saying, you know, Jamika, you can travel, but you can only take one product from Rosen Skincare. So what would be that go-to product of yours from your collection? Uh, probably the Earth Cleanser. Um, I, I'm very big on our cleansers, but I also know that when I travel, I break out more often. And the Earth Cleanser is going to help me a lot more than the Super Smoothie Cleanser there. Super Smoothie's probably one of my favorite, probably maybe my favorite product, but... In preparation for breakouts during travel, I would take their yeah, cleanser for sure. Amazing. And guys, later on, I'll send all the links and it's going to be in the summary, but you have to check out the product because they're the most coolest packaging. It's like yeah. something from superhero meets holographic dreams meets like just the coolest typography and packaging. And you've done a phenomenal job with that. So thank uh, you. Yeah, it's something that you'll be proud to like just keep on the shelf and look at. So, uh, yeah, really, really amazing job. So we're going to get into some fire on questions. This is basically like the first thing that comes into your mind. Um, and it's quite a simple question. So the first one is what's another beauty brand or wellness brand that you're currently loving? Mm, I think um, I really like Sugar Dough. Um, I, I, it's a sugaring company. I met her here in Austin and then she's part of the target takeoff so I'm seeing a lot of like her brand and, and what she's working on and um her she's been doing social media like really cool um and yeah so I I've been into I've been into her stuff lately amazing uh, and what's a guilty pleasure of yours Ooh, um I think like gummies like gummy candy I'm obsessed with gummies and I shouldn't eat them as much as I do so yeah I feel guilty about it <laughs> I love it. Uh, what's your what are you currently watching or reading? Oh, um I am watching um the new Gossip Girl, like the new one that's on HBO. I've really been enjoying that. And I went rewatching Vampire Diaries. I don't know. Um the whole like, no, Twilight thing got me like back into it because it's back One of my very place. close friends is Kat Graham, who's Bonnie. So um, Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell her you're watching it. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah let it's, her a great, know. it's a great show. Um, uh, I, yeah, I love that show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's it, I I remember I used to watch it back in the day as well and, and maybe I'll watch it again. I'll, I'll try to meet her and do a little watch with her. It'll be interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be like what was that really like in that, in that scene? <laughs> um and what's your favorite social media platform right now uh man i think probably uh i i mean i reels are the same as tiktok so i guess i gotta give tiktok credit uh because they're kind of like the first ones to do it um but i do scroll through my my algorithm on my reels is really good right now so that's probably why i'm on there the most um so I do like that, but I, you know, that medium is, is kind of my favorite right now. Ephemeral quick video content. I get yeah, it. I, yeah, I'm yeah. the same. It's dangerous, but it's, it's yeah. addictive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, 
And if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, man. Um, honestly, uh, if I think of, you know, like finishing college and going into the workforce, um, probably working at some sort of company, uh, probably a startup, because um, I like that scene. If I stopped today, or, or I guess I should say if, if money was less of an object, I'd love to, I don't know, like work in a ceramic studio or something like that. I think that would be really cool. But yeah, probably working in, in some sort of startup if it wasn't my own. Maybe a, a startup that's in ceramics, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing. So, well, it's been such a pleasure, Jamika. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, I know everyone will be so keen to follow you and the brand and check it out. So where can everyone find you and, and Rosen? Yeah, uh, so we're Rosen Skincare on everything. Um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff. And then my personal Instagram is Jamika Rose with an underscore. Um, that's probably where I share the most kind of like business stuff or, you know, always down the chat. If you have questions, you can DM me at any time and down to be helpful um, at all. But yeah, that's kind of like the, the main thing. Then RosenSkincare.com, of course. And then, you know, most retailers, uh, you can shop us, you know, Target, Nordstrom uh, and Urban Outfitters too. Amazing. Well, all the links will be hyperlinked in the summary to this podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll just be staying in touch and can't wait to see Rosen grow and yourself as well. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to see you know, everything that you continue to do too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.